Central Michigan Hooligans Unite. This is the CMU Touchline Talk Podcast with Cody Devona and Neil Roseanne. Hello and welcome to CMU Touchline Talk Podcast number three. I'm Neil Roseanne. I'm here with my co-host Cody DeBona. On the last Thursday in February, we finally got through the month, Cody. We did. We did. We didn't get canceled yet. I know. We're <laughs> we're going strong. You know, February is supposedly to feel like the longest month. Hopefully, our podcasts haven't felt like two times as long. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we've been entertaining you. Um, Cody, I understand you have a huge match tonight in I Am Soccer. How about you tell us about that to get us started this week? Yeah, I got a co-ed game. I don't even know what my uh, team is called. but It used the- to be my favorite my favorite I Am team name, Bouge and the Giggle Givers. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I didn't know what it was until now, but thank you. For- well, now it changed again. I know the guy <laughs> is there. Uh, yeah, we got a game against uh, your friends. Good guys. They play very fair. Sorry. Um... And uh, it'll be a good game. We got a couple injuries we're working with, so I think I'm going to be playing the whole oh. game. I think I'm going to play a full 40. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I am conflicted with that just because, you know, they're my, my next-door neighbors and roommates. Like, but, I, you know, I can't cheer against my po- my podcast co-host. It's going to be tough. I watched you last night. I'll guarantee you guys. Cody put in two goals. Probably got – I can't give you a 10 out of 10, probably. I'll give you about an 8.9 match rating. Man of the it. match, that second goal was just perfectly right into the corner. Thank but you. It's going to be a great – obviously, just a – I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be tense. Be I'm gonna I'm gonna be, be there. I'm excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Well, as much as I'd like to talk CMU intramural uh, co-ed indoor soccer all day, we have some big things coming up. We have the uh, Champions League roundup from the midweek games here that we previously uh, previewed on our last podcast. We got our traditional English Premier League uh, weekend uh, preview, mm-hmm. and then last but not least, we have a game that I like to call Hot or Not, which will be a lot of fun. But here we go to the soccer. We're going to start, obviously, with the Champions League. Oh, boy. The big one, Barcelona 2, Manchester City 1. Luis Suarez bags a brace inside the first 45 minutes at the Etihad, but the Catalonians looked certainly through. Then, a strong second half capped off by a Sergio Aguero goal and a Joe Hart penalty save. Give the citizens hope heading into the Camp new. What do you think about this match, Cody? <sighs> Man, that, that, was, that was a good match. It was domination in in the first half from uh, from Barcelona. Like they, uh, Messi is just he's a phenom in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Hart with the save that literally saved their hope in the Champions League. And the hell, oh, he missed the diving header. I was like, oh my god, he, he doesn't have the best penal- penalty uh, kick uh, ratio. Yeah, he's he's definitely. I, I saw a, a graphic with him and Cristiano Ronaldo, the always two that we're going to be comparing. Right. I think he's three behind. Whenever he goes to the right and low, he that's where he seems to be stopped the most. And you know, it it just showed with Suarez. Obviously, just being terrorizing, knowing the opponent, he showed his worth. Mm-hmm. He was just everywhere. Those two goals, you know, that's just something that you want to see out of someone that you just bought. And I, I hate to say that I predicted it because it's not that hard to predict Luis Suarez <laughs> having a good match, but he had a great one. Yeah. But Man City just they just came out and looked shell shocked, and they got and they really paid for it. Um, and like many of the other times in cities, like chances in Europe, um, they started out really well. Then they get that red card with Clichy, you know, and it, no. it, like, well, I should say they started the second half right. well. They have like what seems to be some momentum switch. They then the red card with Clichy that just seems to be what would usually kill them off. But then the penalty save gives them more momentum. 
I oof, I don't know. It's still going to be rough uh, for Manchester City in yeah, Spain. Yeah, it'd still be tough. I thought Pellegrini made a couple mistakes. He he added another defender. I, I thought they should stay three in the back. Um, I mean, I, I'm saying that now, especially mm-hmm. since the PK save. But um, they need they needed that second goal. Back. Yeah, and Barcelona in traditional Barcelona fashion, ten shots inside the 18. Like that's three more than City had. Mm-hmm. And also Man City, they need to watch possession in the next. Uh, the next part of this tie, they lost the ball 30 times to Barcelona's 19. I, I, as much as I want to see Manchester City, you know, maybe knock off one of the greatest or what used to be, you can argue that as well. Yeah. But one of the one of the greatest clubs in the world, I, I'd like to see that. But I, I don't think it'll happen. It's probably safe yeah. for Barcelona. Still. Uh, yeah, it's safe. But the only thing they do have to worry about is Yaya Torre will be back. So yeah. that's that, that'll be huge for them in the midfield. Oh, yeah, definitely in that big midfield battle. Obviously, we're both thinking Barcelona, but could be interesting. Mm-hmm. On to the next one here, Juventus, <clears throat> Borussia Dortmund. Juventus win 2-1. We said that this would uh, supply some fireworks, and the club just didn't disappoint. Juve took a 1-0 lead 14 minutes in with Carlos Tevez. He cleaned up some dreadful Dortmund defending. Juve would repay the favor just three minutes later. When Shalini slipped and gave the ball straight to a charging Marco Royce, who finished calmly, the Italian side would have the last laugh, though, when Paul Pogba supplied the perfect pass, allowing Alvaro um, Morta to, to, uh, to slip it past a helpless Dortmund defense. It was just an overall great match, like we said it was mm-hmm. going to be. Yeah, I think it, I, I'm excited to watch this one. Um, it sucks at the same time. No, they yeah. got to space him out, man. But yeah, Pogba... He draws attention, and he still can make that pass, and that's where he's going to get you. But uh, I, I thought Royce played really well to capitalize on that. And Tavis, all Tavis does is he cleans up back. Yeah, but, uh, Pogba was supreme. He, Like you said, he drew all the attention. Four Dortmund mm-hmm. defenders went straight to him. It was just the back door was wide open. It was as easy as it could have been. Mm-hmm. He still had the calmness to slip it right on through there. But he completed 90% of his uh, passing that game, which is just tremendous. Mm -hmm. And he had 59 touches. He was a big influence. But all I'm going to say with uh, um, Dortmund, they... There were too many defensive mistakes. They just had too many high-profile ones and overall what was a clean game. And they had plenty of attacking chances, and they didn't finish them. And in the Champions League, another uh, good teams like this are going to punish you for that. Mm So they're not in a bad place, but... The away goal was huge. Yeah, the away huge. goal was huge. Now all they have to go is go home and in front of the yellow wall, score one goal, which is very doable for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just got to give Marco Royce some credit recently. Obviously, I I, I love him. But yeah. uh, he like, – a lot of people are talking crap about his goals just because both of them came off of turnovers. But it's just the pressure he applies at first to make them slip up mm-hmm. and then – Calmness just to finish it because though there's a lot of surface area in that goal, there's a lot more surface area that you can miss with. Yeah, I yeah, Marco is he, he's just a great guy. I don't know how you couldn't like him. Si- signing with the club again, he had offers from everywhere. Signing with the club again, huge. Just just tells you uh, how much he thinks of the club that he grew up at. It's gonna be a very even match and a very even second leg. The only problem for Juventus going into that second leg, no Andre Pirlo for that second leg. He uh, he's like an Andre Iniesta, just making that midfield tick. Mm-hmm. Juventus still should be fine without him, but this one's going to be a nail-biter right down the end. Yep. I kind of hope that it's another 2-1 score line so that we can get some extra time, maybe some penalties, because that's what it might take to separate these two mm-hmm. clubs. So from that, we move to one that we thought was going to end in either a shootout or some extra time. <laughs> Monaco 3, Arsenal 1. 
North London is shocked after Monaco just outmatched the Gunners with a superbly designed plan. That's all I can really say about it. It yeah. was just frustrating. It was a, like, Arsenal just came out with what seemed to be guns a-blazing, but a perfect Monaco uh, game plan stymism. You know, it's, it's funny because I am a Manchester United supporter, and we've talked about Pogba, former United player, kind of. Mm-hmm. Sold him off for nothing. And then we talk about Berbatov. <laughs> that guy's a poacher. He mastered the toe ball. He will punch you. He scores all the time. I, I, I thought uh, Monaco was great, and then Moutinho in the midfield. Uh, they played well. Yeah, Leonardo Jardim did a great, had a perfect plan. They, it, Monaco just sat back, and then they just waited for Arsenal to inevitably turn over the ball and just counterattack, which Arsenal is not good at um, defending. The biggest storyline from this is Olivier Giroud. I am going to say right now he is not a world-class striker. There's no way you can put him in that group. Six shots, zero on target. You can't have that, especially with how much money Arsenal has spent on uh, just other players like Alexi Sanchez and all that. Just you can't have this. You can't have a striker that will miss six times. Yeah. We've all been waiting for them to buy another striker, and they got Yaya Sanogo, and they shipped him off to Crystal Palace for a loan that – you're not going to win a Champions League game if you don't have an out-and-out striker, a world-class striker for that. So, I mean, look at Diego Costa in Champions League last year, what he did for the team, now he's at Chelsea. you got to have a great out-and-out striker, and, and he just can't convert. Yeah, he just has no confidence in front It unless he's just wide open. Even when he was wide open in some of these chances, he was still not finishing. He's not world-class. He's a great player, but once again, not going to be one of those Arsenal players you're going to remember for being good. No, and the other storyline that comes up with this is um, they're already talking Wenger out. You know, I mean, their supporters are everywhere, but are they going to get fourth place again? Is that enough? I mean, it's just, if they get knocked out, I think I think it's a serious talking point. Yeah, it, I want. I don't think it's necessarily all his fault. I feel like some of the players just aren't giving their heart. But then again, he, he that's because he inspires them. them. Yeah, he hasn't been buying them. Yeah. So, But if that's maybe something with the boardroom as well, because right. they want to be a bottom-line club. They want to be in the black all the time. They don't want to see any red, even mm-hmm. though they aren't red. But, you know, <laughs> it doesn't uh, – it's just – Monaco nearly doubled <laughs> the amount of goals they scored in this competition in one match against them. And this – if you just look at Arsenal's performances in the round of 16 first legs, they had a 4-0 defeat to Milan – 3-1 defeat to Bayern, and then a 2-0 defeat to Bayern. Just where does it, it – it just doesn't end. It's the same story every year, yeah. and this shouldn't have even come as a surprise. Yeah, like I said in the last pod, I, their center, I don't like their center backs. I really don't. They make, they have stupid fouls, and they, they got Ospina on the back, and I don't think he, he's that vocal of a leader, especially the center backs. We don't know this for sure, but – Chesney's been there for a while, too. Maybe they should have went with some of the... Uh, I also just don't know, because he just seems to be almost indecisive. He makes a lot... It seems every match he's making a stupid mistake coming mm-hmm. out too far. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he has the greatest communication. Something is obviously wrong with mm-hmm. Arsenal. And they're not going to cut into that 3-1 lead. There's just no way. Only hope for them was Oxlade Chamberlain, who seemed to have infinite amounts of energy, and he still couldn't... He, he just he wasn't enough. He had the one goal, but then yeah. gave it right back. So it's 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 possible. It is possible. They're gonna have to come out guns a blazing though. So. I I have a very I have a sinking feeling this is gonna be a lot like that Bayern Munich tie a few years ago where they're gonna where they're eventually going to go they're gonna go over to um, France or Monaco obviously and they're going to two goals and away goals will reign supreme and they'll be out again. Mm-hmm. So on that. <laughs> 
It's pretty low note. We'll try and get a little <laughs> bit. We get a little bit more excited here. Bayern Leverkusen one, Atletico Madrid zero. Not at all what I was thinking with this, but last year's finalists are stymied in Germany as a top class goal from Kalagu. I, I can't even say his name right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's just it's a tough last day. <laughs> but um, puts puts Bayern in the driver's seat heading to Spain. That was just such a goal from him. I don't know if you saw it. But no, it I didn't was, get a chance to see that. Oh, game. he went. It was Landon Donovan S gets inside the 18, mm-hmm. right about to the six, just blasts it up off the bar. But a perfect assist from Kareem Bellarbi. It was a back heel, just right into right into his running. You know what? Germans look like they could get a win here. Yeah, no, this is big, uh, especially for uh, a team that is they're struggling a little bit this year in the Bundesliga. I mean, uh, Wolfsburg look great and th- I mean they got knocked out but um that was huge I think next game will be huge for um for Atletico and I, I and um this week will be important for Atletico and La Liga too oh. see what they're gonna come out with bunch of big matches for them 57 percent pass completion for Atletico that's something that's going to need to change mm-hmm. in the next leg and they just need to be better quality to win they have all the players I believe to make another deep run even though they lost a lot of uh, key parts from last year's uh, squad. But I I still think they have what it takes. It's going to be tough because, um, obviously, with the German side, they're going to disrupt you. But it's, it's going to be It's 1-0. It's 1-0. But, uh, hey, tie it up. Maybe maybe some more penalties. I always love penalties, yeah. especially if my teams aren't involved. <laughs> which is kind of a segue here. Not exactly in the EPL, but of, with one of these teams that bring – this brings us, obviously, to our English Premier League preview where we have Liverpool versus Manchester City Sunday at 7 a.m. on NBC Sports Network. Liverpool sit in sixth with 50 – I mean 45 points, excuse me. Manchester City in second with 55. This one's going to be a doozy, a super Sunday indeed. Yeah. No, it's going to be huge because uh, Liverpool uh, choked today. They had uh, – their twenty million dollar mistake, uh, Miss PK. Um, yeah, and you're, they, ta- you're talking about Europa League action. Yes, they were playing. Yes. They were playing Bastikas, and mm-hmm. they just. Ugh, it was a perfect. It was a penalty taking clinic. Then Lovren <laughs> steps up, blasts it over the bar. It was laughable, and it's definitely gonna be something that's gonna be haunting them in this match. Yeah, uh, that'll be huge. They, I know they sat a lot of their guys for this match. Coutinho didn't even make the trip, so they're gonna come out strong because this is the only league they're in um, at this point. And um, and Man City, I think, have to rest rest a couple of their guys to get ready for their Champions League tie. Yeah, that'll it'll be interesting to see what lineups are put out. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, counterattack is going to be key. Both of these teams are very good at that. Uh, Manchester City will have the advantage. They'll probably hold the ball more, so there'll be more counterattack opportunities for Liverpool. But City, on kind of uneasy form. Liverpool, at least in the league, are on an uptick. They've mm-hmm. uh, in their last, um, I believe it's six. I think they're. I think it's five one and zero, oh, so yeah. that's really good. Yeah, and they're they're definitely on the upswing. But what makes it really... what makes it interesting with this, uh, at least this fixture, it's two two and two over the last six, very even with wins draws. Mm-hmm. In, I don't want to say it's gonna be a toss up. I don't want to say it's gonna be a draw because I've been saying a lot of those recently. But I believe <laughs> Liverpool will have too many mistakes at the back, and in the end, their defenders are just not going to be high quality enough. Yeah, I don't think they're playing well as a team. Um, I have a feeling that Jesus Navas, or uh, yeah, is going to get the start for uh, Man City, and he is—he's uh, fast. He's real fast, and I and I think they're going to start him, 
And if he plays well, he's going to be uh, an attacking threat against Barcelona. Yeah, and this is going to be one of those matches where you're going to have a team on the outside, and then Liverpool like to go on the outside. You have City, who likes to run through the middle, mm-hmm. if they, especially if they have Cole, if they have a Torre. You have the Torre battle, my favorite battle. <laughs> the Torres playing each other. Hopefully, I'd like to see that. I always love seeing those two play, mm-hmm. just because of the chance, you know. Oh yeah, just back and forth. But <laughs> gotta. Gotta say City in this one. I gotta say 2 1. That's what I'm yeah, feeling. That, yeah. City's gonna go up 2 0, and then Liverpool will find a way back. Maybe not as spectacular as last week with a uh, continue yeah. goal like that. But I'm I gonna go 3 1, and uh, Liverpool gets PK. Ooh, PK. <laughs> now, who takes it? That's, that's the other thing. Stevie uh, yeah. G? No. Nah, nah, if Balotelli's in, I think you're good with Balotelli. Yeah, especially after how their last penalty taking fiasco <laughs> went here. Yeah, a little Boy. bruised ego. Oh, it's oh, it's <laughs> it's rough times in Liverpool. Even though you wouldn't you wouldn't know it, even though they're sitting in six, it's starting to. They might be on the downswing here. That just seemed to be a terrible loss for them in the yeah. Europa League, yeah. especially against a Demba Boss. <laughs> always seems to be yeah, Liverpool. He, find, he finds always, his way in the score sheet all the time, man. and finds a way against Liverpool. <laughs> but at, well, obviously Manchester City going to be too good yeah. for Liverpool yeah, by our so standards. Well. Staying with the Merseyside teams, later at 9.05 a.m. on NBC Sports Network, Everton, Arsenal, two teams that are struggling, could both be in turmoil. Everton, 12th, 28 points, not where they want to be at all. Arsenal, third with 48 points. Looked really good last week, and now they're, after the Champions League, they're in disarray. Yep. It's it's one, one four, and one in the last six, so four draws. Where do you see this one going, Cody? I see it going blue. Uh, I I think Everton's going to take this one. Lukaku's been in great form, man. I don't I, I don't think they'll sit him. If they do, he'll be a sub in. But uh, they've been in good form lately. Um, I think their aggregate. Wow, what do they score? Seven goals in aggregate. Yeah, seven seven two on yeah. the aggregate with. Uh, it, oh, I can't remember the team. Young boys. Young boys. Young boys. Can yeah. Never forget the young boys. Oh, you can't, man! Great team name, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think Liverpool's gonna get a result, or not Liverpool, rather Merseyside. Oh. Merseyside's gonna get. Oh, it. treading on some yeah. uh, <laughs> diff- a thin line there, but <laughs> Arsenal will dominate possession as always. Not something you can always expect, but they're very good at creating chances from all that possession. I feel like. Everton are bad at stopping a lot of chances. They got some great defenders, but they're almost great attacking defenders, not so much on the on the actual goal stopping mm-hmm. side. Arsenal scored forty nine goals. Everton has allowed thirty seven in this campaign. That just kind of just kind of seems to spell disaster for me. Arsenal really good with the through balls. I think they'll recover a two one win. It's not going to be pretty though. Uh, it's going to be no, well, yeah. both teams will be. Pretty pretty tired, pretty bruised up coming off oh. of the the Europe week. Especially just especially with the teams they played to. Just the way well obviously Everton will have the uptick. But yeah, I, I think they were able to sit a couple of their players. I mean, going into this game um, that we saw today against Young Boys. Yeah, and Arsenal unexpectedly had to play most theirs. <laughs> yeah. So it it'll be interesting. That'll be we'll have to see where the midweek egos have uh, taken these two teams when they face off on Sunday. But that brings us now to our game, hot or not. I have three topics here, and we're going to say if they're hot, if we're feeling them or not. So we're pretty <laughs> cold. First one might be a little bit confusing. We're talking to uh, 2022 World Cup. This week, FIFA announced that plans to hold the 2022 Qatar World Cup, and it will be in November and December, which 
might be awesome, you know, games around Christmas. But <laughs> remember, leagues are going to have to play during this time, and they could be missing a massive amount of talent, which could totally change the outlook of the in- entire Europe. And just there's so many things that could be happening all, but this is all just for the fact that the Arab nation will drop from 104 degrees to 71 degrees just so that they can play a nice balmy 71, the perfect soccer temperature. Yeah. So, uh, Cody, I know this is a little bit confusing, but is it going to be hot or not? Not. I'm going to go not. Uh, it's going to, I mean, I love Christmas soccer, but uh, it's going to ruin, I mean, the leagues will be messed up for two seasons. And then the guys, they're getting off a World Cup campaign. They're gonna, they need a break. You know, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be ugly. That be is so ugly. That is what I, that you pretty <laughs> much stole the words right out of my mouth. I'm ice cold on this because just why not domes? Like, that seems like the logical, when the elements are too much for you, that seems like the logical answer to it. They want to keep open air. Fine, just, they promised air conditioning. I don't know how they were going to do that, but it's, all I'm going to keep saying, should have had in the U.S. We already have the infrastructure. We have the stadiums here. Absolutely. Well, right now they're building in... I don't want to uh, throw any dirt on the Qataris, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know they've been. Uh, sounds like they've been killing a lot of people on their way to uh, building these stadiums. So uh, uh, yeah, it's Brazil over again. Yeah, oh, almost worse. There was a graphic that was floating around that they're already in the thousands of deaths and they're still years away. I don't know if I should, if years. I want to believe those yet, but it doesn't look good. I'm ice cold on this. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I agree. You gotta, you gotta keep it in the summer. All right, to our next topic here. The English Premier League has been in a slew of terrible officiating this past week. Martin Atkinson wouldn't send off Ashley Barnes after he nearly broke Chelsea's Matic's leg. I can't say his name. I know. I'm so bad. I just knew it because of I'm so bad at names right now. The Serbians. The Serbians. (laughs) It's been a terrible week for names. Anyway, nearly broke his leg, didn't get sent off, only got a yellow card. While Kevin Friend made a terrible mess of Liverpool-Southampton match, both officials have been dropped from this week's competition. I guess that's a plus. So, on that, them being dropped, are you hot or are you not on that? I'm hot because it's it's going to bring some pressure to these the, the referees. These were terrible. Chel- the Chelsea's game, 32nd minute, 59th minute. Oh, I could go off for Mourinho right now. I feel bad for the guy, but, yeah, they should have had two penalties. The Matic tackle, I could see how in regular in regular time it happened so quick. It looked like a follow through. Everything looks worse in slow mo. But oh, oh, and then Southampton um, handball by the goalkeeper yep. outside of the box. Clear. Yeah, it's and a penalty. Yeah, both well. of those. A lot of those plays look better on the replay, but. You just gotta know as a ref where you gotta be. Yeah, and it's, really, it's got to buckle down. They at some need point. to, they need to uh, fix some things. So I'm really happy that this happened. So I'm hot on this one. Mm. I hope that, you know, they just need to be punished. They missed multiple calls. You know, if we missed here at CM Life, if we missed misspelled a couple names, we'd get our bylines dropped. They yep, right away. They they get dropped here for. <laughs> Getting the wrong calls completely, so I'm glad that we both agree on that. Uh-huh. And here's our last thing. I know we're an audio podcast, so this is a little bit visual, but bear with us. The U.S. and Nike released their the new away kit that the teams will wear in the upcoming years. Dubbed a progressive and bold shirt, the Yanks' new strip features a gradient blue and white graphic. The shirt will debut when the women travel to Portugal for the Algarve Cup next week. Mm-hmm. Are you hot on these shirts or are you so not on these shirts? 
Ah, not hot. Yeah. Um, hotter than their last ones, though. I mean, they looked like they're all white. They looked. Oh, I, I well, could, no, these are the away. So they're oh, so they're replacing right. the bomb you're pop right. ones. Which, by the way, bomb pop for life. Those are the best away jerseys I, we've ever had. I own that jersey. So do I. That yeah, was no, so, I like those. No, our old home ones are. Uh, yeah, I could go golfing in that. Nobody would question me. Definitely, and just with the it, just gradient. it's so gradient. Like I don't know. I, I want to see it in action. It, it, I like. I guess I like the look on the players. It's just something I'm not going to buy, which I guess is good for me being a college student going out <laughs> into the real world here. I don't. I now I don't have to be forced to buying a ninety dollars shirt just yeah. to support my uh, team. But uh, it just would I not look good yeah. on me. I agree. I just. It doesn't look good. It's it's the it's gonna be Why one of those. We, we got. I love the centennial patch too. I I want to bring that back. Oh that yeah. We used to have because I, I I like our crest, but it's not intimidating. It's not like I wanted. I mean, you look part. at. I mean, this is weird, but you look at Portugal's, and it's. I mean, they didn't do good in the World Cup, but theirs is intimidating. Yeah. Or Brazil or Spain. You look at Spain's crest or Netherlands, and you're like, okay, you know, who I'm going against. Should should we just take that that bald eagle? We should just have a bald eagle on it. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, make. do it like Ivory Coast. How they got the uh, elephant on there. Oh, put that put a bald eagle on there. <laughs> like like you know, on the back or the back of a one dollar bill, where you got the eagle holding the arrows and like the ferns and stuff. That would look sweet. Out I, I'd do it for sure. Or at least at least just like you said, the centennial. One, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Not so good on this jersey, which, like I said, saves me some money, which I guess I can only thank Nike for. <laughs> Maybe they'll make a better home strip, and then I'm going to buy that. But, hey, I'm Alex Morgan can't look bad in pretty much anything. I'm no, I, would, I definitely agree with that. But, no. Well, <laughs> good luck to the women as they go off and take on a slew of good teams in Portugal. It's going to be a great week for soccer, Cody. Uh, it's gonna be hopefully you win tonight. That that'd be good. For that'd you be good. Right? It's, uh, it's gonna be tough. Honestly, me, I don't know. I don't know if I want to hear my roommates complain for the next uh, few weeks if I you guys win. Yeah. Ba- if you guys win controversially or some way, you know. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with the toe ball tonight. So hopefully that works out. <laughs> <for me. laughs> toe ball misdirection. Hey, they don't. They say I asked them if they want to bring any, if I wanted to bring any trash talk, and they said no. But you well, know, that's hey, good. That's good. Hey, it'll be hopefully a nice clean game. I'll yeah, be there. Hopefully. But, hey, thank you for sticking with us here through Episode 3 of the CMU Touchline Talk podcast. It's been a great February. It's gone a little bit quicker than I expected. Very just, cold. Just Very so cold glad February. so glad to be getting back through into March. It's almost spring break. Finally. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we'll both be up here, so. Uh, yeah, well, or I, I might, I, hopefully I'll be in Cleveland. But, oh, yeah, but little teaser for next week, though. MLS season starts March seventh. I am, oh, I am just so excited. You know what? We're gonna, we're so excited that we're gonna designate next week MLS only. We've been giving a lot of love to European yeah. teams. This is it, MLS blowout. Sorry if you Kaka don't like MLS. Let's go. Oh, I'm excited. Frank Lampard. Oh wait. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Ready oh, for the Sounders to finally win it, but hey. Yeah, we're both on that. Train. Hey, let's let's <laughs> go with that. Hey, we'll save a lot more of that talk for next week. Um, Cody on Twitter? Uh, Cbones8, again, Cbones with a Z. <laughs> Neil and Sports tweet a lot of corgi pictures. Really do. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. I, 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 keep, I keep it interesting. Keep it interesting. <laughs> anyway, for Cody DeBona, I'm Neil Roseanne. Thank you for once again listening to this podcast and enjoy your soccer, my friends. Have a good week.